It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Reds podcast on this New Year's Eve 2018. I'm your cheap seat crony, your bench jackie with a beer, and your new host of the podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm super excited to be here with you today. I know that you're excited that the podcast is back. I've gotten a lot of response from you on social media asking when the next episode will be. I know, I think it's been since uh, November 2nd that we've had a podcast, but I'm crazy excited to be the one bringing you the new show. Quick plug you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much wherever you think a podcast might exist, even on iTunes, that little app on your phone, search Lockdown Reds and hit that subscribe button. You'll get the latest downloads each and every day as I come to you for about 15 to 20 minutes each day telling you about your favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. You also can go to the one, the only, LockedOnReds.com, where you will find articles, you'll find the podcast. So, Jeff Carr, who am I? A little bit about me. I do have quite a bit of experience in sports. I've gotten to travel with, and to be more dramatic about it, I've been embedded with some college teams, gotten to see a lot of basketball performances, some pretty good ones, as well as volleyball matches, some softball games, all the while writing about them, doing interviews via video and all that good stuff, and then also even getting to do a little bit of play-by-play. But when it comes to sports, my greatest passion is the Cincinnati Reds. And that is why I'm here. Because when it comes to the Reds, there's no team that I care more about, no team that I love more, and no team that I know more about. The last four years have been tough, not going to lie to you. But I'm that one crazy dude that still went to Great American Ballpark, got me some skyline, was sitting there chowing down and watching the likes of Giovanni Gallardo, Asher Wojciechowski and Jason Marquis trying to do something that they call pitching. I got something to tell you. This year's going to be different. Cincinnati's not going to put 90-plus in the loss column again. You can just about book this. I firmly believe it. What will happen over the remainder of the offseason and into spring training will serve as proof because right now it's just a hunch. And, you know, I know I'm a bit of an optimist, but that doesn't mean that the hunch is wrong. I just can't prove it to you. I can give you the idea. What you do with it is up to you. But let me tell you this. You can look at what the Reds have done, the moves that they've made since October, the coaches, the players that they've brought into this team, and you can go one of two ways with it. You can either think that it makes them better and more interesting and maybe cause you to check out the Reds' ticket counter over at Kenwood Mall. Or you can look at the moves and say, hey, you know what? They're still, they need to do something. There's still a little bit more that they need. But you're still intrigued. You're still talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Think about this back in September. You didn't care. I mean, there were games going on, and if the Reds won or lost, did it really affect you? I know that you're a fan, and I'm not trying to attack your fandom personally because, I mean, there was times where I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Here's another game. But four years in a row of 90-plus losses, and when you get to September, you're just like, boy, oh, boy, there's baseball going on. But, you know, there's other things to do, like, you know, everything else. But this year is going to be different. This year the Reds are going to grab your attention, and I firmly believe you're going to learn that over the next couple of months with the rest of the offseason and spring training. But, you know, 
regardless of which of those two camps, whether you think they're better or whether you think they need to do more, you're still interested. You cannot deny that the 2019 version of the Cincinnati Reds is the most interesting that they've been in the last five years. I mean, hands down, you can't look at 2015, 16, 17, or 18 and say, you know what? I cared more. I had more interest than I have right now. Right now, you are so pumped as I am. I am very excited about the upcoming season. Like, I cannot wait for pitchers and catchers to report. I, I know I'm always that goofball that's talking about how many days are left until pitchers and catchers report. But seriously, this year is going to be something special. We got to go to a break, but after the break, I'm going to catch you up on those moves that the Reds have made to set this team up for success in 2019. This is the Locked On Reds podcast on New Year's Eve 2018. This is the first episode of your new host, Jeff Carr. Just uh, coming out of the break here, we're going to talk about the moves that the Reds have made since October to make them a better team for 2019. The front office really did a great job here. I think they knew what they had to do at the end of the season, and that was to start fresh. They completely gutted the coaching staff, so they have brand new coaches just about in every single spot. The only holdover from last year is Freddie Benavides. He moves from the first baseline to the bench. He becomes the Reds' bench coach this year. The manager is David Bell, hitting coach being Turner Ward from the Dodgers, assistant hitting coach Donnie Ecker. Pitching coach is Derek Johnson. They got him from the Brewers in a very publicized or, you know, off-written-about process in which they outbid his own team, the Brewers, to bring him to Cincinnati. They just showed that they really wanted him and convinced him to come to Cincinnati. Delino DeShields gets brought up from the minor leagues. He's going to be the first base coach. J.R. House is your third base coach and also your catching coach. Jeff Pickler is the game planning and outfield coach, which I'd really love to know about the game planning. I know it's like some sort of strategy thing, but so far, haven't really heard anything more about that. It's a pretty vague title as of this moment. And then Lee Tunnell is the bullpen coach for your Cincinnati Reds. And really, there's one overarching narrative with the brand-new coaching staff, and that is the coaches and the front office are aligned in their thinking and their philosophy for 2019. I was thinking about this the other day. I watched the movie Moneyball. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of weird like that. I keep watching old movies over and over again. It's one of the few movies that I actually read a book before I saw the movie. In Moneyball, one of the big themes is Billy Bean and Art Howell disagreeing about how the lineup should be put together. Billy Bean has put together this team in a certain manner in which he believes is going to win them more games, but Art Howell is not playing them the way that Billy Bean has designed. The point is... If you get an organization in line in their philosophy, a lot can be accomplished. The Reds are finally there. It's felt like over the years there's been different decisions that you're like, okay, who made that decision? You know, who who put that guy in the bullpen? Who put that guy in the rotation? Who put that guy as the leadoff hitter? I mean, that's been a constant discussion topic for Reds fans and Reds talking heads on radio and on television uh, just over the last decade, really. And now we have seen, we've read all these different things talking about, you know, we're in one mind, one philosophy, one strategy heading into the year. David Bell, Dick Williams, Nick Crawl, all those guys, they're all on the same page. 
And that is the most exciting part about this coaching staff. I'd love to tell you that David Bell has all these accolades and Derek Johnson has groomed all these pitchers and Turner Ward has turned all these guys' hitting careers around. But what really matters is that the team is in one frame of mind heading into the season. Look at the guys that the Reds have brought in. You saw the trade with the Nationals where they traded Tanner Rainey, a guy who he had a brief stint up here in the majors during last season. And for whatever reason, you call it bad luck, you call it bad stuff. He just didn't look great. I mean, in the minors, he was reported to have a triple digit fastball, but he also had control issues and that reared its ugly head in the major leagues. So he got a brief cup of coffee. They sent him back down and they must not have felt that there was any more development to be had and they were able to trade him to the Washington Nationals for Tanner Roark. Tanner Roark is a very nice pitcher. I mean, he's not going to be our ace. He, sh- he shouldn't be the ace. He's he's a 3-4-5 type guy. In fact, if you look at his stats, I, I love to go to baseballreference.com. That's where I get a lot of my stuff from. And whenever you hear me throw out numbers at you this year, most of them will be coming from there. There's going to be coming from one or two spots, either baseballreference.com or fangraphs.com. I really love both those sites. But anyway... If you go on there and you look at his stats, he looks like Mike Leake, just numbers-wise. He he eats up a lot of innings. His ERA is never just going to grab you by the collar and say, watch him pitch. But you're going to feel comfortable with him going out there every fifth day and eating up six, maybe six and a third or six and two-thirds innings, really giving the bullpen some rest and setting the Reds up for a chance that, you know, maybe he gives up three or four runs. But this lineup's good enough that it can handle that. It could probably score four or five runs. So it's the kind of thing that you're excited to see. Uh, The Reds kind of saw the potential in Tanner Rainey, really didn't think that was there. And so they sent him for Tanner Rourke, who's right now a really, you know, the pitcher that the Reds have needed. And then we'll get to another move. We'll talk about these moves a lot more as the offseason progresses. We've still got a little over a month um, until spring training, so we got a lot of talking to do. I'll come back to those definitely more in the future. The big trade that everybody has loved, I went crazy about it whenever it happened, the Reds traded Homer Bailey. And really, you can stop there. I mean, to think that back in July, whenever he went on the disabled list with some injury. I heard knee, I heard shoulder, whatever. I think it was a phantom injury that the team was just like, look, we need to get you off the mound. Right now, it's just not working. We need to figure something else out. And he refused assignment to the bullpen. They said, we'd like to make you a reliever. He said, no, I'm not a reliever. Right then and there, and pretty much every fan had been thinking it up until that point, but then they started screaming it. They wanted him out. It just, at that point, it really seemed like, I mean, you know, I I haven't talked to Homer, so I can't, you know, say this with any amount of certainty, but it really just seemed he really didn't care to be pitching for the Reds at that point. So then the talk became, okay, how are they going to get rid of him? What's going to happen this offseason? Is Homer going to be on the team for next year? Guess what? He's not. And there's a lot of people that just would have loved to have seen it, you know, like sign him a check and, you know, send him on his way. Dick Williams and Nick Crawl managed to make a trade. 
They sent him to the Dodgers. They sent a couple of minor leaguers. Jeter Downs, a very intriguing prospect. And then Josiah Gray, he pitched for the Greenville Reds last year. Uh, brand new rookie team. Uh, looking forward to maybe making a road trip down there and seeing some a game or two this year. He, he looked pretty good for them. But those are low minor leagues. I mean, there's still a lot of development those guys have to go through before they can even get to the majors. So the Reds trade Homer Bailey. As as much as I'd like to say, they basically turn it into gold. They get Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, two all-star outfielders last year, and Alex Wood, a phenomenal ground ball pitcher that's going to fit so well into this team. He's going to be, hopefully, when it's all said and done, their number two starter. Maybe the number three starter, depending on how he and Luis Castillo battle it out during spring training. But he's a ground ball pitcher. His career homers allowed per nine innings. So if he were to pitch nine innings, he would average giving up .8 home runs. Not even a home run a game. That is phenomenal when you look at a staff that for the last four years has seemed to set every record imaginable for allowing home runs in a year we might be talking about a different story at the end of 2019, but there was just some great moves that really had me excited. Uh, there's been a couple of other little minor moves that I'll talk about each different episode coming up this next week, different guys that are coming back, different guys who might be intriguing, but those are the main ones that I want to hit on the coaching staff. And then those main roster moves, uh, trading Homer, bringing Yasiel Puig, bringing Matt Kim. I'll give you a lot more analysis on that here later, but we got to wrap it up for today. I got to admit, I'm just so excited about this season. I'm so excited to be bringing this podcast to you every single day. The locked on reds podcast Brought to you by the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team, every day. Remember, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere else that has a podcast, there's going to be a subscribe button. Make sure you download, 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 and listen a little bit if you want. That'd be nice, too. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'll see you tomorrow. Breaking news, right as I was stopping the recording of the podcast, I got word that Marvin Lewis has been fired from the Bengals head coaching position. I know some of you guys probably aren't Bengals fans, you're probably just Reds fans, but some of y'all probably cross over and are just fans of both teams here in the city of Cincinnati. And I'm going to tell you what, this looks like a pretty good offseason for both teams. I mean, the Bengals really need to get rid of him. So go out and celebrate. Marvin is gone. By the way, this has been Locked On Reds Podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.